Truth is, I am Iron Man. I solemnly swear that I am up to no good. What is going on? What are you doing? To infinity and beyond! This is the way. The flux capacitor! Is Star Wars the one with the little wizard boy? Chewie, we're home. Avengers! Assemble. Ah, oh, chills. Literal chills. Hello, fellow fans. Tonight we fan the podcast. United with me is my co-host, the vivacious Brian. Hey, Brian. Hey, everyone. We hope our fellow fans enjoyed our last episode, where Brian and I were joined by our good friend of the show, Commissioner Chris, to discuss the Simpsons' Treehouse of Horrors. <laughs> On this week's episode, we will continue our celebration of Halloween by discussing a couple of horror flicks to get you in the mood for the spooky season. But first, this episode is... Sponsored by the man, the myth, the legend, Piano Rob. Thank you for all you do, Rob. Take it away. Hey, everybody. This is Rob Volpe. You may know me as Piano Rob from Jelly Rolls. If you want to check me out online, you can do it on Facebook at Piano Rob with two Bs. Or you can find me on Instagram at Piano underscore Rob. You can find all information on any of my upcoming shows or merchandise there. I have a show coming up in Sanford on October 30th. I also have another one in Lakeland, Florida at Winter Circle on November 13th. You can find information on both those shows on my Facebook or Instagram. Thank you all for uniting with us as we talk about all things fandom. United We Fan has partnered up with CKCC Radio. They have a large variety of podcasts on their channel, including the show The Nerd Table. Lots of good stuff there. Check us all out wherever you listen to your podcasts. Fan thank yous. I got to thank Jeff out there. Um, I made another oopsie last episode, and he brought it to my attention, so thank you for that. I remembered to correct my one oops about Sam Rockwell, but sadly I forgot to correct something about The Shining. I said it co-starred Shelley Long. I had the wrong Shelley. It's Shelley Duvall. So thank you, Jeff, for pointing that out in all good fun. In Mark and Brian's world news, Brian, I'm going to let you take the lead on this one. DC came out with a uh, big announcement, didn't they? I'm so done with Zack Snyder. Like, I'm so done with him. <laughs> it came out this week that Zack Snyder is, uh, they are going to do reshoots for Zack Snyder's cut of the Justice League when originally that was not part of the plan. Now, not only are they doing reshoots, they're adding in Jared Leto's Joker who I didn't love in Suicide Squad. David David Ayer, the director, says that that his version of the Joker was better. I, I mean, fine, I'm okay with Jared Leto as the Joker, but we're changing the math on this entire Justice League Zack Snyder thing. For three years, we had to listen to I would have made a better movie with all the stuff that I had available to me than what ended up coming out in theaters. And now we're reshooting scenes, we're adding characters and all that kind of stuff, which is fine, but I just don't, all the more reason, I, you're changing a movie that already came out. Just make a whole new movie. That's kind of my, that's kind of my thoughts on the whole thing. Yeah, I can't, I, I, I get your side of it. First off, Jared Leto, very talented actor, Oscar winner, deservedly so. But, oh, man, if you want to hear, like, creepy things when someone's getting in the frame of mind as the Joker, he he went really a little too extreme. Even, like, his co-stars were kind of weirded out. 
So I was surprised they're bringing him back because I know as far as us fanboys go, he's probably the least popular Joker out there. I had fun with the Justice League movie. I'm curious to see what's going to happen with the reshoots. I think it wasn't part of the plan, but then they made the announcement and it's getting more and more popularity. So I think they see better value in the product. So I believe that's probably why the reshoots are going to happen so they can make it bigger and grander. But I also see your side about just maybe just make a different movie or something like that. All I know is I'll be tuning in to watch. And I know I'm going to watch it too. Like I said, it just changes the math. I had to listen to Zack Snyder, Zack Snyder's arrogance for so many, so many <laughs> years. And, and now all of a sudden he's getting his chance, but he's completely changing it. So it's not going to be even fair to compare it. So it is what it is. But like you said, I, I'll watch it too, just to, I know I've already got my mind made up a little bit, but we will, I will give it a fair shake. Brian, how dare you criticize the director of Sucker Punch? All right. That man. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, in other news, in the spooky season, Netflix released The Haunting of Bly Manor. So I checked it out, marathoned it pretty quickly, saved it for this episode. I wasn't as big of a fan as the first season of the Haunting series, but I know it's not like a like the Haunting of Hill House was its own thing. This one is not really a sequel of the Haunting of Hill House. In the end, I like the Haunting of Hill House more because it's more of a horror show than the Haunting of Bly Manor is more of a ghostly love story. And they even say that in the show, but I know it's it's hot and cold with that show. Check it out either way. It's definitely worth it. Well made. I do hope the filmmakers behind it do a haunting of the woman in black. I don't know how they would, but I just love the woman in black storyline. Netflix also gave us another fun Halloween treat this season. Take it, Brian. Yeah, I think fun's about the only right word for it. I don't know if good is the right word for it, but <laughs> Hubie Halloween is an absolute trip down Adam Sandler Easter egg lane where there's so many references to old Adam Sandler movies that it makes worth that it makes watching Hubie Halloween worth it just for that. But I will say without spoiling too much, the running gag of his thermos throughout the movie is absolutely <laughs> my favorite part. I, I'm going to say it. I enjoyed this movie more than I thought I would. Now would I say it's a great movie? No, but I did love his thermos Kevin James was funny. I also loved them poking fun at every female wanting to be Harley Quinn for Halloween. <laughs> and the one news report where each one is Harley Quinn. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty good. Even the little um, eight-year-old girl on the news report. <laughs> yeah. So that was a good joke. It even had, I think, one or two moments that the very, very young might even be a little scared about. But it was fun. Adam Sandler did say if he wasn't nominated for Uncut Gems, he was going to make a just horrible, awful movie despite critics. I don't think this was his awful movie that he was talking about, but I had fun. I think it's a fun time for the a family Halloween movie. I don't want to spoil it, but if you have any questions of if you love Adam Sandler, there's a particular character in the first about 90 seconds of the movie that will make you laugh out loud. So it is worth watching just for those first 90 seconds alone. Agreed. Yeah, check it out. It's on Netflix. So, you know, you don't have to go anywhere hard. 
And in Mark and Brian's world polls, I did a recent mega horror movie poll. I'm not quite done with it, but some of the categories I have finished up where I found out everyone's classic black and white favorite horror movie. And it was Psycho. I was hoping that would win. That's definitely my favorite. In Monster Horrors, Jaws won. I was pleasantly surprised by this. I love Jaws. It made me afraid to go in the water. And every once in a while, I still think about that movie. So it's definitely a scary monster movie. And then for horror comedy, Ghostbusters, which we'll talk about a little later, just barely beat out Beetlejuice. Hey, come on. Hey, where'd you go? Oh, hey, come on. You're going to work with me here. I'm just trying to cut a D. What do you want me to do? Where are you? You bunch of losers. You're working with a professional here. Coming in third place was my favorite, Young Frankenstein. It's pronounced Frankenstein. Ghostbusters beat out Beetlejuice. I know. Huge turnout for that boat. And let's see. Slasher horror winner was the original Halloween, which made me really happy. But it barely beat out the first Scream movie. What's your favorite scary movie? Which I think has a resurgent, which the now confirmed Scream 5 is coming our way. So I think that that helped it out a little bit. And of course, there's so many Halloween movies out. And, you know, I kind of dug the most recent one, although I think... I'll say it. I think it's a little overrated, and some of the parts had me. Eh, so I'm glad the original Halloween did so well. So, and then I'm waiting to find out everyone's favorite evil spirit haunting horror flick so that I can combine them all into a giant horror movie poll. So, our next episode, I'll have that answer for you. Brian. You have any favorites in there? Psycho, Jaws. I know Ghostbusters are going to talk about later, so I'm sure you were happy that one. Yeah, Ghostbusters definitely deserved to win. Um, I I will say I grew up a big fan of the scary movie films, so I I would have loved to have seen those perform a little bit better. But overall, those scary movie films kind of they still make me laugh. I don't think they really hold up that well. But <laughs> Ghostbusters definitely deserved the win. Jaws is a rightful winner of the monster category for sure. You're gonna need a bigger boat. I agree with you. Scary movie. If you go back and watch the any of them, you'll be like, man, that's a movie of its time. But that first one still makes me laugh. Embarrassing fun fact. Oh, God. I watched the first scary movie with my with a group of friends. And my parents were like two rows behind us. Ugh, so much awkwardness. <laughs> so thank you, parents, for taking us. But ugh, awkwardness. Oh, this is uncomfortable. All right, friends. Now it's time to get spooky scary. Just in time for Halloween. But before we do that, Brian, I th we, we need to let the fans know where's our level of horror movie fandom. I'll let you take it off. Brian, are you a horror movie fan? I'm not. Not really at all. And it's not even necessarily that like I don't like being scared. I really enjoy Halloween Horror Nights, as we've discussed multiple times on this, on this show. Um, I just, I think part of it is, especially... Chucky and things like that. I don't have a hard time suspending disbelief. Marvel Cinematic Universe, Star Wars, those are my things. But I just, I enjoy uh, something that's a little more, I think intense is the right word. And we'll talk about kind of, we're, we're going to talk about the movie Get Out. That's kind of my horror film kind of style. I much prefer something that's a little bit more intense, a little bit more built out with a story than just making you jump just for the sake of making you jump. Do you like, like, 
torture horror at all? Like the Saw and Hostel movies or not even that's not really your thing either. Honestly, I like Saw for what the uh, for what those movies are. I do enjoy Saw um, for whatever reason. And I know that goes against pretty much everything that I just said. But then it kind of <laughs> takes me back to high school. I, I think Saw is kind of fun. Just the puzzle of everything is a little bit more fun. But I'm not a huge gore gore person either. So I feel like you just contradicted yourself in so many ways. But that's all right. <laughs> I think it's I understand. Life. Oh, all right. Well, I'll take the lead and start off with. My first horror movie I'm going to discuss, it's a movie called Dead Silence. Came out in 2007 on IMDb. It has a 6.2, so it's a little bit above average. I think it, I would call it an underrated flick. Directed by James Wan. You all will probably know that name. He did several of the Saw movies. He's done the Insidious films, the Conjuring films, that universe. He has a huge part in he even did a Kevin Bacon revenge flick called Death Sentence. Check that one out. He did the Love It or Hate It Aquaman movie as well. So he's got a lot going for him. And the film stars Ryan Quantin. For all you True Blood fans out there, he's Jason Stackhouse. And the film also co-stars Donnie Wahlberg. For all you new kids on the block or Wahlbergers fans, you got Donnie Wahlberg in there. And then I'm going to give a big shout out to Judith Roberts. She plays the very hauntingly creepy, scary Mary Shaw in the film. So shout out to her. Brian, I I know horror movies aren't your fan, but how does a scary ventriloquist movie starring Donnie Wahlberg sound to you? See, I didn't want to be too harsh, but this this is the kind of movie that I don't love about horror films in general. I will say that I had, I did not give this movie a fair shake. I have not seen this movie. Um, I do find it curious that this movie came out in the month of March instead yep. of September, October timeframe, but it, it, it was an intriguing enough story, but seemed a little bit too silly for me to be something that I, I mean, I'm not to say I wouldn't, I wouldn't be scared watching it. I'm, I'm sure I would be, but yeah. the concept of it just just didn't really grasp me for for whatever reason. And that's kind of where I am with the horror film genre in general. I got you. And I mean, the storyline, it's pretty simple. It's very old school sounding. A young widower returns to his hometown to search for answers to his wife's murder, which may be linked to the ghost of a deceased ventriloquist. Like when you hear that, you go, man, this could go one of two ways. But I do love the old school horror feel of it. I feel like it could have been a Vincent Price movie in black and white. So I love that part. And, you know, whenever I look at is a scary movie, does it, what does it have going for it? It has that scary music, the score to it is from the same composer of the Saw movies. For a horror movie, I think the score is amazing. You'll listen to it. It has a catchy theme that you'll remember. The villain, like I said, Mary Shaw, the scary ventriloquist lady, tall, slender, decomposing face in a black dress. She's frightening looking. Yeah, that's for sure. Like, look her up. Plus, ventriloquist. I know. So fun fact for everybody. I, one year was a character at Universal Halloween Horror Nights, and I was hired to play Mary Shaw so got to put on the black dress and the scary latex mask. I was on the Healy shoes and everything so I could float down a hallway. And just talking to a lot of people, 
I never thought about, but ventriloquists, like dummies and all that, there's actually a pretty big um, belief that those are scary and they creep a lot of people out. So I think that adds to it. Have you seen Toy Story 4? Those those dolls are frightening. Oh, gosh. Yeah. (laughs) And they kind of look like the Billy doll that's in this movie, Dead Silence. Like if you look at the poster, you'll see Billy. And it even has a creepy children's rhyme. Like we all remember Freddy's. Check out this one. Beware the stare of Mary Shaw. She had no children, only dolls. And if you see her in your dreams, be sure you never, ever scream. Ugh, goosebumps. Yeah, that's a that's a bit frightening. I wish I had known before now that you were actually her as a character in Halloween Horror Nights. Now I really, uh, I feel like I need to go and watch this movie and just picture you in a big <laughs> black flowing dress. Yeah, if you watch it, it's towards the end when they're in the theater attic rafters area there's a long hallway where she floats down it that was kind of my storyline and i'll never forget they go hey you're gonna have to wear healy shoes is that okay uh sure yeah for everyone who doesn't know healy's are the they look like tennis shoes and they have the little wheel in the heel area healy's wheelies healy's get it and i was like sure you know what you're doing right no no clue but luckily they gave us time to practice so picture me learning how to wheel in them and then fun fact i definitely hit a piece of rubble in the house and fall through a window it was a (laughs) fake window but i i got a learning curve and then they were like all right now you get to wear a black dress and a latex mask you'll be fine go for it would i trade that experience for anything no it was an amazing experience highly recommend anyone out there work for universal do halloween horror nights great time if there's anybody out there that has an adult pair of Heelys, send them my way. I would love to have a pair of Heelys. And if this does happen, I promise to film it and post the video just for everybody. <laughs> Falling <laughs> um, through a real window. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so is the film scary? I think so. I think if you watch it, lights off by yourself or with good horror movie friends. And by that, I mean, uh, not those people who are going to just talk the whole time and rip a film apart like actually watch it lights off and it'll be a good time Ooh, brian that creek noise was scary good timing i hope you're alive are you okay brian yeah just the uh the haunting of the closet door sorry about that (laughs) the haunting of brian manor um (laughs) the film is scary i'll give it a scare meter of pretty good it has even a twist ending now, on the M. Night Shyamalan, where does it take place? It's not the most original ending, but I think I think it's a good little twist. And then there is also an unrated version. Originally, I always recommended watching the unrated version, but as time goes on, some of the CGI additions are dated and didn't age well, and I think kind of takes away. So I say watch the original theatrical version, but check out the unrated one if you get a chance. To all you Saw fans out there, you might recognize a certain doll that appears in an attic scene, and that's all I'll give you. Check out Dead Silence. It'll be worth the Halloween viewing. All right, Brian, what scary movie do you have for us? So like I said earlier, we're going to talk about Get Out. If, uh, If you don't know what Get Out is, it was made by Jordan Peele. Fame of Key and Peele and those Comedy Central skits and... You done messed up, A.A. Ron! 
but Jordan Peele is a genius and he came onto the scene in a big way with with Get Out. Now, a lot of people still haven't seen it from a revenue standpoint. It hasn't done extremely well, but it did catch a lot of people off guard and it did win best original screenplay at the Oscars as well. So um, this movie is is really, really good. The basic premise of it is uh, it's very much a social commentary, um, race relations within the world today. And long story short, this family has a surgeon who can move brains from one body to another. And they that's basically the premise of the movie, that everybody is shopping around physical bodies. And that's pretty much all I'll say without spoiling much else, because you haven't if you haven't seen this movie and a lot of people haven't, it is definitely worth checking out the way that it all plays out. Um, it's just really enjoyable to me. I like that tense, not overly scary, but very tense and very nerve-wracking kind of stuff I really like. This movie, I really enjoyed it when I first saw it. Now, I will admit, when it ended, I, I like needed a minute to regroup. But It ends time, very quickly. It ends yeah. super quickly, too. That's part of it. But I... Over time, I, I think it just gets better and better with me. I know I've heard some people say over time it doesn't hold up as well. It was a Best Picture nominee for a reason. And for all those people who are like, ah, I don't really care about the Oscars. Your fellow movie fans on IMDb have given it a seven out of, or 7.7 out of 10. So highly thought of. Jordan Peele deservedly won that original screenplay. And congrats to him being the first African-American to win for Best Original Screenplay. And then shout out to him for being the first to be nominated for producing, writing, and directing in the same year. And it was his theatrical film debut. So great job to him. He was nominated for Best Director, like I said, rightfully so, because he crafted a brilliantly horror mystery thriller. And, you know, he has comedy roots. And he didn't forget that. There's actually some good laugh out loud moments, um, especially involving his friend who is a uh, TSA agent. I can't recommend this movie enough. I'm glad you picked this one. Like you said, it's not the kind of horror movie where it's jump out and scare you, but there is like horror tension elements to it for sure. The acting in this movie is incredible. Daniel Kalu- Kaluuya is the main is the main guy, and just the the tears that can come streaming down his face. I do get very suspicious of anybody who overstirs their drink now because of this movie. <laughs> uh, that's but Allison Allison Williams she plays um, Rose in this movie. His girlfriend when she flips the script and she's not everything you thought she was. She's just a completely different actress. She's really good. And then Bradley Whitford is the dad, Dean. He's the the surgeon. And you may recognize him from as Jake Peralta's dad on Brooklyn (laughs) Nine-Nine. Nine-Nine! There's one particular, actually, too, I love Steven Root's character in this movie, too. Uh, You you stole my stapler. Uh, But you get Lakeith Stanfield in this movie, and he's the main uh, guy that goes missing at the very beginning of the movie and just... When you see him show back up on screen, he's just so convincing of a character throughout that movie. Just the way all of this plays out, the acting just jumps off the screen in this movie. I can't compliment the acting ensemble in this movie enough. Like you said, Daniel with his Best Actor nomination and knowing that he auditioned with that crying scene and just nailed it every time. Like 
I'm so glad he did. You might recognize him from Black Panther for all you fans out there. Catherine Keener is in it, and I agree. I can't look at someone stirring their tea the same way ever again because of the way she stirred it and the look she gives. Ugh, chills. Bradley Whitford, brilliant. Loved him in The Cabin in the Woods. And then Lakeith Stanfield. That guy is just a f- acting force. He was in Uncut Gems, that recent movie. And I remember a friend of mine and I, we were just talking about like fun fan casting for Marvel movies. And him and I brought up casting him as... Now, Brian, feel free to tell me what you would think of this. Him as Mr. Fantastic. Reed Richards, absolutely. I'm completely like, in on it. Mm-hmm. I think he would nail it. Marvel, if you're out there, thank you for listening to the show. But give him a give him a thought. Huge shout out to Sean Gerber and the the MCU Fan Show podcast. He he talked about Lakeith Stanfield being Reed Richards a couple weeks ago on a show, and I I can't unsee it. The other one he brought up would have been Chidi Anagonye from The Good Place. He'd also Ooh. be a really fun Reed Richards. Um, yeah. But Lakeith Stanfield, the thing people might recognize him, he was the main guy in Sorry to Bother You, which not a lot of people have seen. If you can watch that movie, it's hilarious. But he was one of the detectives in Knives Out as well. Yes. Yeah. Um, but he is, like you said, he's an acting force. He doesn't get a lot of screen time in this movie, but what he does get is just so convincing. It's it's incredible. I really, really enjoy this movie. And then Caleb Landry Jones as the brother. He's just so awkward, but he's always carrying around his lacrosse <laughs> stick or something. And he's intimidating. It's yeah. uh, it's really, really good. And you can check Lakeith. Uh, like you said, sorry to bother you. Uh, that's on Hulu and Knives Out is on Amazon Prime for all you fans out there. If you want to get a taste of just his brilliance. All right. Well, that was Get Out. Not just. Um, a saying that Brian tells me whenever I make a really good joke that goes over his head. Get out. There it goes. Anyways, moving on. My next selections will be, they're technically two films, but one's a shorter film and the other one's a little bit longer. So when you put them together, it's a little over two hour movie. I'm talking about Mr. Boogity and Bride of Boogity. You can check both of them out on Disney Plus. Give you a little backstory. Mr. Boogity was part of the wonderful world of Disney in 1986. It's only 46 minutes long, but for all those fans who have seen it, it gets a 7.1 on IMDb. And then Bride of Boogity came out the next year. That one they extended. It's a 90-minute movie, and that has a 7.3 on IMDb. Both films, I would say, are geared towards the family horror movies and It's one of those Disney movies where you go, wow, Disney actually went kind of dark and scary with this one. Now, it's not on the Return to Oz level, but, you know, it's still pretty good and has that scary music and scary sceneries that you would get kind of the vibes from, like, say, Gremlins or some of those 80s horror movies. It's definitely there. Directed by Oz Scott. He's a TV director who's done recent shows like black lightning agents of shield gotham blackish he also did some of the earlier episodes of the jeffersons and it stars richard mauser who you may recognize him from the thing the john carpenter the thing he also was in the it miniseries and then for all those tearjerkers out there he's in my girl 
And then baseball fans, he was in the very underrated 61 movie. Benji Gregory is the kid, um, and he was kind of our generation's horror film kid for a little bit there. He was in episodes (laughs) of The Twilight Zone and Punky Brewster he did a little bit, which isn't exactly a horror film, but he did several things that were horror film related. He was also in ALF, so that's what I recognize that kid from. But he was... He was kind of, he's a fun little actor. I haven't seen him in anything in a long time, though. Yeah, and I mean, you also have a young Christy Swanson in this movie. Of course, she was in the Joss Whedon, Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie, The Phantom. Uh, Speaking of Adam Sandler, she was in Big Daddy. Brian, she was in a couple episodes of Psych. Do you remember her from that? Yeah, she's Marlo. She's she's Lassie's wife, and she's, (laughs) I I love her character in Psych. She's awesome. She was also in Ferris Bueller. She was in the classroom, the helpful student, and a blink and you'll miss it moments. But yeah, is the movie, is the first one scary? I think it's so, you have a family who gets a great deal on a house. Of course, they don't know it's haunted. They move in. They're warned to not stay there. And I mean, the ghost is a pilgrim who, this is a Disney movie, remind you, who traded his soul to the devil, and this is explored in the movie, trades a soul for a magical cloak so that he can have magical powers. And then there's a, a pilgrim woman that he falls in love with. And it's actually like when you say this stuff out loud, you go, this was a Disney, wonderful world of Disney movie? It sure was. The second one, like I said, came out the next year. They expanded it to make it a 90-minute movie. Sadly, Christy Swanson didn't return for it, but we got Eugene Levy. He's in the movie, and, you know, it was before he was fun Eugene Levy. It was kind of like splash Eugene Levy when, you know, for some reason he played kind of like jerk roles, but he still has those eyebrows in the movie. I was going to say, so. still he has the same eyebrows still. The, thank God he still has those same eyebrows. I don't know what <laughs> I'm going to do if we lose those eyebrows. So watch the movies lights off you'll be surprised it was a disney film it has very spooky creepy music i i love when a horror movie has a good score to it and doesn't just bang on something for like a scary moment but actually has a good haunting score this film has it the second one now don't get me wrong you're gonna watch the film be like man there's some cheese to this movie of course is a Disney TV movie, but just especially the first one. I think the second one they toned down the scares just a tad, but that first one definitely played to the horror crowd. I'm gonna check these out. They seem they seem like a lot of fun, but again, a newborn in the house. I didn't get a chance to really rewatch much this week. That's okay. Like I said, Disney Plus. If you have it, watch them both. If you watch them both together, it'll be just a tad over two hour experience. So it'd be like watching one movie. Worth it. All right, next up is a little film from the 80s. I don't know if many people are going to know it, but it did answer if uh, you have anything haunting or going bump in the night. It'll let you know who you're going to call. I ain't afraid of no ghosts. There is only one movie 
in the world, maybe two now that I have fallen in love with what we do in the shadows from Taika Waititi that we talked about a little bit last week. Um, but there is only one movie that every Halloween I do have to watch, and it is definitely Ghostbusters. I love Ghostbusters so much. I mean, who doesn't love Ghostbusters if you watched it? Like, if you watch Ghostbusters and don't like it, I probably don't get along with you. But <laughs> there's there's so many good things about Ghostbusters. The Stay Puft Marshmallow, obviously everybody loves the Stay Puft Marshmallow. Something I loved from my childhood. Something that could never, ever possibly destroy us. Mr. Stay Puffed. I I will say, Mark, at Halloween Horror Nights last year, I was a little bit underwhelmed by what we got from the Stay Puffed Marshmallow, but just because he was basically on a screen. But everything else within that within that entire haunted house was was so worth it from the librarian and and everything else. But this is prime Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd is so much fun. And then Annie Potts as the secretary at the firehouse, just all of it is is perfect. Venkman is my hero. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. I'm so glad you decided to talk about Ghostbusters. I think it's one of the perfect examples of horror comedy. And as a kid, uh, there were a couple of scary moments for me as a kid. I just remember the, the purple lady in the library in the beginning. And then when Rick Moranis is running from the dog, I, as a kid, those, those parts kind of gave me like little chills. I am the key master, you the gatekeeper. <laughs> I love Rick Moranis so much. So anything he's in, I'm I'm all about. But Ernie Hudson's so good in this movie too. Um, and then Harold Ramis. I remember not really loving uh, Egon growing up, but I've really had a, a much more kind of appreciation for Dr. Egon Spangler. Um, rest in peace, Harold Ramis. But I really just enjoy everything about this movie. My favorite part is when... Bill Murray talks about how he's just... She's not my girlfriend. I find her interesting because she's a client and because she sleeps above her covers. Four feet above her covers. Everything with Zool and all that kind of stuff, you crossing the streams, just all that. There's so many references that you can make in, in pop culture still today, and that's part of what makes this movie just stand out so much. Agreed, yeah. And Sigourney Weaver, I'm glad, because I remember reading, you know, they weren't too sold with you know how much she was asking for and whatnot but they were like we got to make this work so i'm glad because it's just a great addition to this cast and also shout out to the score of this movie i know i i feel like i'm becoming like a film score snob but you know it's it adds so much to the movie because you got a great theme and of course everyone goes on about the song but elmer bernstein's score Big shout out to you. Brian, I feel like we, we have to talk about the song when it comes to this movie as well. So I saw recently a theater exhibition preview of Ghostbusters. Uh, Mark, have you seen this YouTube video floating around the internet of, of the actors introducing the movie to try and get theaters to carry that film? No, I haven't. All right, I'll have to find it and send it to you, but it's got a different version of the Ghostbusters song, and none of it works. Absolutely uh. none of it works. But when we get Ray Parker's junior version, Junior's version of the song, um, obviously everybody knows the Ghostbusters song and just everything about it when it plays throughout the movie. 
it just it's so catchy is it it is film in the 1980s yeah and i know there's fun controversy about did it rip off huey lewis one of his songs i love huey lewis but and i know they settled out of court and that's a fun story to look into but I don't really hear it as ripping it off. Yeah, there's like maybe some slight similarities, but I don't know. It's a great song. Definitely whenever it comes on the radio, I I keep it on. And the Ecto-1 did qualify on both of our Mount Rushmore's of movie vehicles. I took the Sony Pictures Tour out in California they had the original car and then the recent Ghostbuster film. They had both of those cars there. I was the happiest nerd in the world taking a picture next to both of them. I still get the chills every time I watch the new Ghostbusters Afterlife trailer, which should have come out now, but hashtag yeah. COVID. And it stars Paul Rudd, so you know I'm going to go watch it. Oh, but dear. seeing the Ecto-1 in that trailer is is just so awesome. I'm I'm very excited for Ghostbusters Afterlife and it is actually going to be directed by Jason Reitman, who's the son of Ivan Reitman who directed the first Ghostbusters. It looks great. I will admit I'm kind of getting a little tired of every film when they do an 80s kind of or not 80s but kind of feels like Stranger Things and I'm watching the preview for afterlife and i'm like i get like a stranger things vibe so i'm hoping i'm wrong it's just because they cast finn wolfhard in everything now (laughs) after stranger he was in it and now he's in this that's That's the that's the child actor of our time apparently apparently the film had a sequel ghostbusters 2 and you know it's thought of favorably i really enjoy ghostbusters 2 and i think like kid me maybe even liked ghostbusters 2 more And then as I grew up, definitely Ghostbusters 1 became my favorite. But I don't hate Ghostbusters 2. I don't. I haven't seen Ghostbusters 2 in a really long time just because I don't own it and I can't find them streaming anywhere. Um, But I remember not hating it for sure. But I much preferred the first one, kind of always have. What are your thoughts on the Kristen Wiig Ghostbusters flick? Um, I saw it. I didn't hate it. Um, I enjoyed Chris Hemsworth's character a lot. But I, I didn't I didn't hate it. I also didn't see a super gigantic need for it. I wish it would have been more of a sequel than than it was. Yeah, I didn't have a huge problem with it, but I think they weren't sure if they wanted to be an homage to the first movie or if they wanted to be their own thing. And I think had they gotten the chance to do a second one, they could have done their own thing and we could have really seen what those brilliantly creative comedians and filmmaking team could have done but uh, sadly we'll we won't get to know because as you mentioned ghostbusters afterlife is a direct sequel to the first two films and that's the direction they're going all things considered i'd enjoyed it more than i thought i was going to just because i don't enjoy melissa mccarthy or kate mckinnon really in anything so oh that's part of it too well the ghostbusters also got great animated series with the real Ghostbusters and the extreme Ghostbusters and Kid Mark loved both series. I'm not familiar with those ones. That one I don't know about. Well, how about the video game? Did you get a chance to play that? No. What? Brian, you're missing out. I, I wish the Ghostbusters video game 
the most recent one, because for all you nerds out there being like, there was an arcade Ghostbusters game. I'm well aware. I loved playing that as well. But of course, I'm talking about the newest Ghostbuster game. I wish that was the third movie. And from what I'm hearing, that was their proposed third movie. And I tell you what, for a video game, it's pretty creepy. Like they go back to the New York Public Library and there's like a kid section of the library that's underneath it. And you just hear like creepy kid voices coming out of nowhere. Ugh, just gave you chills. So, yeah, if you get a chance, play the game. Sadly, you don't get to drive the car, but that's okay. That's a missed opportunity. I know. I feel like that was going to be a given. And if I remember correctly, they even made a joke about it. They were like, oh, drive the car. Meet us here. Oh, wait. Who are we kidding? You're new. Don't drive the car. And I was just like, you guys. <laughs> but yeah, Ghostbusters is great stuff. It has some horror in it. The comedy's on point. The action's there. And then you also brought up the Scare House from last year from Halloween Horror Nights. I loved it. The house didn't have to be scary for me. It did have some good parts in it for scares. Just walking into the New York Public Library in the beginning of that house and then walking to the firehouse and you see the proton packs. It brought me back to one of the attractions I miss most at Universal is the Ghostbuster attraction. I know we mentioned it on a previous episode. So check it out on YouTube if you get a chance. So I loved that. The house was great for me. It was one of my favorites. And I hope they do a Ghostbusters 2 house. I will be there. That will be the first house I go through. Universal, hopefully next year we can take a walk through Ghostbusters 2. Yeah, or Ghostbusters Afterlife. They may do a combination as well. Ooh, I'm there. Ghostbusters, do it. Even <laughs> I even loved the little Ghostbusters show they had at Universal that involved beetlejuice making the ghostbusters dance i know it sounds weird but i just said beetlejuice and ghostbusters that's all you need to know right there check that on in youtube it's there such good stuff from ghostbusters well brian before we go are there any scary shows books or songs that people should check out this halloween season if you've listened to this whole episode, you know not to value my opinion as it comes to things like Halloween and horror and stuff like that. Uh, but I rewatched Stranger Things again recently. That movie is or that show is still so good um, from a walks the line of good storytelling and a little bit of the right amount of tension and, and fear for me. I really I really still like Stranger Things. But beyond that, watch Ghostbusters 10 times over and you're doing good. Yeah, I recently checked out The Haunting of Hill House. Lots of good scares there. Also, checked out one or two episodes from Tales from the Crypt and the old uh, Goosebumps kids show. So just some fun holiday scares there. If you're looking for a scary book, I know a lot of people quickly say Stephen King, which no problems there. But check out the novelization, the original novel of The Woman in Black. Such good stuff. Scary songs, I'm going to throw out Michael Jackson's. Now, I know a lot of people are going to say, Thriller! I'm going to say a little compilation CD that they did called Scream. And then check out a song called Torture on there. Really good stuff. If you have Spotify, it's on there, Michael Jackson's Scream. That concludes this episode. We thank you, fellow fans, for listening. Please give the show a rate or review wherever you listen so we can unite with more fans out there. 
For those listeners who want to get in touch with the show, please do so. Brian, tell our listeners how they can message the show and stay up to date on everything UWF. You can find us on Instagram at United We Fan Podcast, or you can shoot us an email at United We Fan Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for uniting with us here on United We Fan the Podcast. Listen to us wherever you check out your podcast. Till we unite again, fans, have a fun and safe Halloween. If you're lonely, dim all lights and put on a horror movie. After a while, it won't feel like you're alone anymore. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria.